So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. The Partially Examined Life Philosophy Podcast Part 1 episodes are designed to be self-contained, fully satisfying experiences in themselves. But for hardcore philosophy fans, we record for another hour or so to release behind our various paywalls to folks that pitch in to help us make this show. What you're about to hear is a preview of one of these Part 2 episodes. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, this is The Partially Examined Life, episode 283, Alan Badieu on love, discussing the essay, What is Love? So I'm keeping track of what we've covered, and I think we've pretty much covered everything up through section four conditions for the existence of humanity, which is where we left off with the truth procedures and the humanity function and the fact that all truths are valid for all X's, right? All human beings. And that truth is the only thing that is transpositional. So right, despite the fact that we have these radically disjunct experiences between the two positions, man and woman, we have a something that is universal for everyone truth. I'd say we should start with section five, love is the treatment of a paradox, because that's where he's going to say, hey, how do we reconcile truth as transpositional when the experiences of men and women are radically disjunct? And then he's going to tell us how in very clear language to do that. (laughs) Can we repeat, because I don't remember exactly the difference between truth and knowledge, though, because it seems like Knowledge is a thing that could be, you know, is truly generic, it could be passed around from person to person. Yes, of course, it requires some sort of context. Of course, it's not just words. It requires, you know, knowing the meanings of the words, which requires a whole background knowledge and a point of view, a paradigm, if you will. But still, knowledge is kind of the dead version, right, of truth. He hasn't gotten into this yet. There's a section later on called The Unity of Amorous Truth, Sexuated Conflict of Knowledges, where we get some idea of that. I just thought we had it last episode. Okay, so does someone... You wouldn't remember it from that? I would just say that we should wait until we get it in All this right. one. I thought you were going to have us say that we got up through three, and I agree with you that we touched on humanity. I guess I had a question on that. Sure, yeah. I mean, I guess if we haven't finished that, we could just... My question was, he says in the middle of three, he says, there's only one humanity. And by humanity, I mean that which provides support for truth procedures. It has the four truth procedures that we've mentioned before, science, politics, art, and love. You're in four, right? The beginning of four. And then humanity is what sustains the infinite singularity of truths which fall within these types. Humanity is the historical body of truths. Okay, we basically covered that. So my question is about He then begins this thing where he does this mathematization thing. He says, let us designate H of X, the humanity function. This abbreviation indicates that whatever the term presented, it is supported by at least one generic procedure. An axiom of humanity indicates this. If a term X, let us say, in echo of the prevailing Kantianism, a noumenal human X, (laughs) 
is active, or more precisely activated as subject, in a generic procedure then, it attests that the humanity function exists as far as it admits this term X as an argument. So I just wanted to confirm that X is human beings. X is a variable for which... The domain of X, human being. Yeah, any particular that satisfies that argument will be human, but the argument is not a set of necessary and sufficient properties. H isn't just some list of properties that it takes to be human. Instead, it's a function, sciencing, loving, et cetera, et cetera. This is the kind of thing that seems important to me. I'm asking what X is. X are human beings. X are the dependent variable of the function. X is the domain of the function. And H is a function that goes over the domain of human beings. Right. X is a variable that can be satisfied by particular human beings insofar as they are engaged in sciencing, loving, arting, politicking. When they are engaged in those processes and those truth procedures, then they satisfy that argument for being belonging to humanity. Let's put it that way. So the way you just described it sounds to me like politicking, loving, arting, and sciencing are all also functions of X in his way he's describing it. And that H of X is a generic humanity function. In fact, it's going to become more complicated as a not of the four other functions. He makes this relation attestation, right? Which is vague. So I'm simplifying this. By humanity, I mean that which provides support to the generic or truth procedures. And then later on, it'll make it sound like these procedures attest to... The relationship is a bit confusing, but obviously they're related. So, yeah. Huh. Dale and I, I had the same reading as you, just FYI. Okay. Is there a different reading? Are we, are we giving two different readings? What are the two different readings? Can I just... Did we already read this? The bottom of page 184. In this sense, indeterminate X's constitute the domain or the virtuality of the humanity function. As far as the truth procedure transfixes them, the humanity function localizes them in its turn. It is undecidable as to whether it is the term X that brings into being the humanity function that takes it as an argument or whether it is the function that humanizes the term X. I don't know. He gives as an example. He says, let us say, in an echo of the prevailing Kantianism, a numeral human equals X. That doesn't mean that X, I was sometimes reading X as potentially like the, whatever it is that we're going to make a truth about. It's not that like raw human beings are being transformed into humanity, capital H, though that is happening as as a result of this. But H isn't a transform. H is a functional relationship. It's not H acting on X as a transform. It's H as a function with a dependent variable that's a relationship between X's. If you have a sine of X, the sine of X is a function that describes a relationship of points such that they all form that function. And so my other question is how far to take him seriously about this. I think X, it can only be filled by human beings. And then later on, he'll say the term H, let us say substance humanity appears as a virtual mixture of those four types of truth, politics, X militant, science, X scientist, art, X poet, painter, etc., Clearly, X refers to human beings. X refers to human beings, yes. This is like the one clear, straightforward part in this whole thing. The humanity function (laughs) applies to human beings insofar as they are engaged in these truth procedures. 
they're not human beings before the humanity function applies to them. So you're saying the humanity function <laughs> applies to human beings is tautologous or redundant. I think there's a nuance here. May we say, yes, colloquially, what we're saying is that it's human beings that can serve that function. But to say that membership in the group humanity, I guess, is something different than being a human being. That's why you would make the distinction with numeral. Yeah, okay. Right? So their humanity, capital H, doesn't exist in them as acts because what makes them humans, capital H, is the operation of the truth functions that operate on that space of axes. So they're correct. Numeral humans or putative humans or whatever you want to say. It's they are the entities that are related together by H. And basically he's saying that as beings, they don't have any definition as humans, aside from that interaction of that H function. Yes. Well, I think that numinal element, the X, the human being, there's no, as Dylan, you said, it's not a truth function. It's not a function that you can say like, you can say, I'm going to paint. You can be a painter or a poet or a militant, but you can't be a humanity. You can't, it's only by being a militant or a scientist or a poet or a painter that through some sort of transitive function, you gain your humanity, so to speak, or you instantiate your membership as a member of the humanity set. Yeah, I mean, I think the relationship between the truth procedures and the humanity function is not entirely clear, right? You know, he'll say that HX is, quote unquote, supported by at least one generic procedure. So we, we know they're related. And then, you know, as Mark pointed out, we can't say whether those truth procedures humanize X's or whether X's create those truth procedures. I mean, he implies the former at the first full paragraph on page 185. The term H as such, let us say, substantive humanity appears as a virtual mixture of these four types of truth. So when he says that and makes that distinction with the numeral human X, it seems to me that H is the humanizing function or H is the result of that. He also calls it, H creates a knot of the four truth procedures. It's by virtue of that H that we have human beings, substantive humans. Before he says, it is undecidable as to whether it is the term X that brings into being the humanity function that takes it as an argument or whether it is the function that humanizes the term X. So whether or not he's right about that or that is coherent, I think it's just, just going to remain vague. Where we end up is with this idea that H is a mixture of those truth procedures, that it is a knot of the four, K-N-O-T. What that means exactly, may, maybe it'll get clear as we move on, but not much for me. If that sounds like the kind of thing that you want to hear more about, then please go to partiallyexaminelife.com slash support. Thanks for listening. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.